Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to The Sell Better Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I've launched our question here. Go ahead and fill that out when you're coming into the room and change your chat settings down to everyone and tell us, where are you tuning in from today? That is what I'd like to see. Uh, shout out your city, your hometown, your company. Shout out Nash Vegas. I see you, Kelsey. I am just up the road from you in uh, the Knoxville area. Boston, Massachusetts representing. I know you guys missed us. You've all been at Inbound. Uh, let us know what your role is. That's what you're doing right now. Tell us where you're tuning in from. Let me introduce somebody to you that is in the room with me today. I am your host, James Say What Sales Buckley, and I am hereby with Pasha Urshad. Pasha has spent a lifetime in the agency and consulting side. He has worked across startups and enterprises. His agency currently specializes in bringing legacy companies from the dark ages into the modern world. Through technology and aligned strength, Shape and Scale is the name of this organization, and it is all about growth. Welcome to the show, Pasha. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot from you today. I want to give a big thanks to our partners over there at Apollo, longtime partners. We are very happy to be working with them. And now you can find and email and call all of your ideal clients at one simple location. So ditch that tech stack patchwork that you've created and it gets overwhelming and replace it with something that is a one-stop shop for all of your sales needs. We are dropping a link in the chat. Side note, if your leaders are ready to dive into this, please be sure and hit us up before you go to Apollo. We have a discount code for you. We are happy to help. All right. Uh, we've never been thrilled to know that thousands of you get value, just like what we're dropped in the chat here, uh, coming to the show every single day. So we've got a ton of new shows and a ton of new resources coming and events that are upcoming. If that means that you feel like you need to sponsor a Sell Better event or show, please reach out to me. We can have that conversation. I'm looking forward to it. We want to tell you more about the program that we've developed for sponsors everywhere. Let's tell you a little bit about what you're going to get today. But before we do scan this QR code, go check out our new website, sellbetter.xyz. And make sure you go and subscribe to that YouTube channel where you can find all the best highlights from the show. We're going to talk about some common mistakes today with Pasha. He's going to call attention to some that we're probably all making. I'll be honest, myself included, right? We're going to talk about essential questions. You should probably ask yourself before you click that heavy duty send button in your tech stack. And then he's going to educate us on subdomains. Uh, put a one in the chat. If you'd like to hear more about subdomains, this was something I did not know about until we connected. Subdomains, big impact on deliverability. Pasha, let's get started. Uh, we want to kick things off with for the BDRs and the SDRs in the room. Look at this. Boom, SDRs. 53% of the folks that voted are SDRs. Another 20%. And shout out to the leaderships in the room. Hey, I appreciate you guys. We need more people like you to impact change in their organization. So go tell your leadership friends to come join us at Sell Better. Uh, for the AEs and the SDRs in the room, marketing campaign tools like HubSpot, they do a lot of outreach. But you mentioned that there's a common mistake and it's called the fog of ASAP. What does this mean? Yeah. So obviously I've been in this game a long time, right? On the agency side. Um, and I've worked across really like SaaS technology all the way up to enterprise. Um, and in that journey, I am today, I'm, I'm a seller, right? Like I'm selling my business, I'm using HubSpot and I'm also a lifelong learner. And so really what I've been seeing, I think over the last year and a half, we started our own business then is we come into organizations where timing is prioritized over strategy, right? So artificial deadlines, manic leaders are mistaking movement for momentum and kind of tossing aside core fundamentals. And so what are those fundamentals, right? One is just strategic decisions around targeted positioning. A uh, good friend of mine, Dwayne Dufault, SellingSass.com, 
him and I always talk about um, just kind of like segmentation, right? Like there's, I come into organizations and you've got the marketing team doing one thing and then you've got sales doing outreach to another. When you're looking for product market fit or you're looking for go to market fit, if you don't have alignment there, it's a huge loss. And then obviously the VCs are like, well, what's going wrong? The board's like, what's going wrong? Well, what do you think is going wrong, right? Um, I think three or four other areas we see in terms of those fundamentals is just departmental communication to avoid duplicative work. Like I was just at HubSpot. They coined the term marketing. Um, while I have a background in marketing, like I've always, always, always found it better to work with the sales team than against them, right? And I think um, that departmental communication processes are, is something I do from a RevOps perspective. It's like, how are we all aligned to the right? Just the definition of what we're looking at, right? Is an MQL to marketing the same as it is to sales? Um, you know, and then just upstream implications of CRM and tech deployments. Uh, you know, we'll have a sales team that is full of people who've only used Salesforce. And then everybody's like, hey, use HubSpot. And we're not going to train you on how to. We're not going to show you how to best use it to so you can spend more time selling and less time for a lack of a better word, just bullshitting around, like trying to figure things out. Um, you know, and then obviously the most important thing is just understanding the customer journey. Um, I've worked with companies that are like, hey, we want to do PLG and then we are doing medic and we're like trying to implement this very like uh, intrinsically complicated enterprise sales playbook for something that's not that, right? So that's kind of that misalignment on the customer journey. You put all of that together and I think you see it in the outcomes that we see in the job market, right? Which is BDRs and SDRs getting fed to the wolves. I think I see it on the marketing side as marketing leaders getting three to six months to turn around a ship that quite frankly doesn't have, even have the mask bill. Um, and I don't say that to denigrate anybody. I say it more as I think it's my organization's mission and my own as somebody who's kind of like cut my teeth through the ranks to try to help teams get better across all those different fundamentals. I understand. Uh, the fundamentals are things that I don't think enough salespeople are actually trained on when it comes to sending emails efficiently anyway. You mentioned just a moment ago, they don't even get trained on HubSpot, but they get access to it. And I think this is something that happens quite frequently. Folks will often jump in and write one email and think, oh, I can just write this one email and send it to as many people as possible. We're going to talk about that common mistake. Yes or no in the chat, has your leadership ever been on you for just more? More is such a outdated mentality that I think we get wrapped up in. We have to hurry up and deploy to HubSpot. We have to hurry up and get that campaign out. Uh, this is something I think we're talking about now that is changing, but more is still such a common problem. I want to get into a nuance here that I think is very interesting. When you talked about it, I was very like, what does this have to do with deliverability? Uh, and one of the things that you said was that subdomains can be extremely effective. Uh, so I asked you, how does it impact deliverability? Talk to me about efficiency, subdomains, and how this works in the in the favor of salespeople. Yeah. So again, HubSpot partner for seven years, right? And I'm going to just kind of tell a story, give a quick shout out, and then get into the meat of it. But HubSpot six to seven years ago was a marketing automation platform, right? It competed with Marketo, it competed with at that time Pardot, and it was just how many email nurtures from a marketing perspective can you send out, you know, get somebody in like a 30 touch nurture, you beat them to death with 16 ebooks, and then we complete the enterprise selling motion of 2010. 
um, leaving HubSpot's conference last week, they see themselves as like a, as a platform, right? That platform sits across the customer journey with a huge piece of it being sales. A big reason I transitioned to more of that RevOps and that HubSpot slam was because I do like being at the heart of the process, right? And that process is marketing sales and its success, especially if we're talking about technology and SaaS. If we're talking about SaaS, a win is with your win weight rates great, but if you're churning, that's not good, right? Within that, I get to talk to a lot of different um, customers, mainly founders, co-founders, anywhere from sales-led up to organizations that are trying to scale past 10 million. I started seeing issues with marketing email, right? Like people would be like, hey, our marketing emails are getting flagged as spam. Marketing emails are bouncing. And it was at that time I met some people that were really influential. Jesse Willad, you'll know him on uh, LinkedIn. Have to give him a shout out. Ricky Pearl. Um, my guy, Harris Kenny, who's actually working on a solution for HubSpot with Smart Lead AI. And then obviously, um, one other friend, Eric Steves. And I just say that because I've, I, I kind of climbed on the backs of these people and it's been, it's been great for my business because what I would realize is whenever there was that marketing email problem, we would peel back the layers, right? And if you know your way around HubSpot and you know, people are sending sequences from sales hub you know there's a hidden report, which I think is in the slides, and it is the sequence sender score, right? So what we do is we would go in there and we would look at the sequence sender score. And what we would notice is we've got sales reps, right? All with these low sender scores. And they're sending out these sequences. They've got high bounce rate. They've got low reply rates. The sequence sender score is at an individual level. And the reason that this is so important for domains is Let's just say I'm at Buckley.com, right? And you know, you've got domain reputation. That re that reputation starts when you spin up the domain and it goes until, you know, you either close your business or something happens. If I'm sending an email from that, Gmail, Outlook, they're going to score that domain, right? And you can find this information on the internet. Um, and usually if you're not getting flagged for spam, if you are doing things from a white hat perspective, right? Like you're not using spammy words, you're not using 90 links in your email, you're going to end up in the inbox, right? And you'll have a high score. Where the problem comes from, and again, this is what I've been learning over the last two years, is when you've got five to nine to 12 SDRs, right? They're not trained. There's no playbook. It's kind of just like, hey, do what you got to do to eat, right? And you start sending all these different emails from these individual sender scores those rise up to that top level domain and they start to crush it, right? And so that affects the brand reputation. And that means, like I did with an enterprise client a few weeks ago or a month ago, they were going to send out to a Zoom info list that had like a 25% bounce rate. That enterprise client could have lost and gotten their account suspended by HubSpot as their email service provider and taken the whole thing down. That has multi-million dollar implications, right? All the way down to the implications that I want to point back to SDRs, PDRs, kind of like on the front lines, they don't even know that their emails aren't getting through, right? And if they're getting scored on, you know, opportunities, meetings, book, completed meetings, hey, if we're not even getting on the field, like if I can't get from the locker room to the field, how can I win the game? So yeah. that's why subdomains play a crucial role in email campaigns. And really kind of the main ones are domain reputation isolation, which I just talked about, um, the tech aspect, which is like a SPF and DKM records, which I'll get into a little bit, but it's basically the markers that um, servers. Oh, let's go ahead. I got the yeah. I got your screenshot right here. Let's let's <laughs> go into this because this is the more technical side. 
It might be an introductory for some of you guys. Let me know in the chat. Is this introductory for you? Is this your first time seeing this kind of stuff? Yes or no? Go ahead. Cool. Well, it's good. I'm glad I'm seeing a lot of yeses and it also worries me a little bit, but that's story for another day. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't worry me for the reasons you might think, but so I'm going to break this down in a non-technical manner, but just if you imagine the internet is a big high school and like every day you've got students passing notes, right? If some students send fake notes, um, pretending to be somebody else, the school introduces methods or like the social clicks introduce methods to basically regulate that, right? So if you just think about that from an email perspective, you've got three main things. Um, one is a sender policy framework, which is SPF. And that really is um, how likely your note is to be trusted, right? So think of it as a list of students authorized to send notes on behalf of a, a group or a click. And that's just, that's what that is. Domain keys identified mail, which is DKIM, is like a secret handshake. Um, when a club sends a note, they kind of put like a unique stamp on it. Um, and I put these up, you know, before the before this to try to give everybody an easier way of um, progressing it. Uh, yes, it's Jesse Willett. I will drop his name in the chat in one sec. I always get his uh, I always get his his last name is so hard to spell and say. The final one is just DMARC, so it's domain based message authentication. Um, and basically what it's going to do is combine the SPF list and the DKIM stamp to decide what to do with like suspicious emails and or notes. When you put all those together, it becomes very important. Now for the, well, I want to make this very clear. This comes at like an IT level, right? So when I'm having these conversations with leadership, this isn't something I'm expecting like the people on the call to fix, but senior leadership, CROs, CMOs, I think, because I don't think CMOs and I don't think marketing can continue to turn a blind eye to what's going on the sales side and vice versa. It's not the way it works anymore, in my opinion. Um, and so they need to just be, there's tools like Glock apps. And again, Ricky Pearl introduced me to that a year ago. Um, that actually allows you to test emails that are going out. Um, there's MX Toolbox. I know Jesse O actually has his own tool. So you can actually check like just the technical verification of your email sending domain to make sure those things are good, right? Once you know those are good, that's when you come to the next step of email. And again, I'm a HubSpot solutions partner and I, I love HubSpot, right? I'm biased. I use Salesforce. We work with it. Um, but the HubSpot, the HubSpot sequence sequencer, in my opinion, is a little bit behind the times, right? So usually what we recommend to our clients is if you're going to be sending cold outbound, and that means no, they have not opted in, you're taking a Zoom info list. You're validating that through something like Neverbounce. I know there's other ones out there. Yep. Um, you're making sure that the email is valid and it's not going to bounce. That right there is probably, I want to say half the battle, but it's a lot of the battle, right? Because a lot of the times what I see is, and this is the rep, the reps don't know, right? Leader gets sales list from Zoom Info. Zoom Info is like, cool. And again, I'm not knocking Zoom Info. I understand it's just the way it works, right? But like, you get this list and you think it's good to go. You load it in the HubSpot sequencer and then you get a 25% bounce rate. Then HubSpot emails you and it says, hey, we're going to flag your whole account for like basically running spam email. Huge problem. Um, if you at that point get a tool like I'll say Smart Lead AI, what it allows you to do is I would say like three main things, right? One is get multiple subdomains. So if we're thinking about buckley.com, we start to want to get subdomains like sell at .buckley.com or smartseller.buckley.com. 
let's say we get three to five. And within that, that's when you start going through the methods of actually one, warming up those domains, right? So using a tool like Smart Lead AI, and you know, there's Lemless, and I think somebody said Mailshake. I actually put Mailshake onto one of my clients earlier in the year. Um, it will allow you to warm up those inboxes, right? So we're not sending a thousand emails from this domain that's never been really like, um, it hasn't gone through the rigor of kind of like testing. Um, allows you to warm it up, allows you to properly sequence it so it's not caught by these spam filters, right? Um, so if you're sending at like these same time interval all the time, those are flags that obviously are um, issues and can get you put in the spam box. Obviously, you want to just make sure you're not using spammy words. You want to make sure that you're validating. And then once you, and you don't care about opens and clicks. So that's the thing. Links and emails, I used to be like, you got to have them, right? We're putting in links, we're putting in calendar invites. It's not the way to do it. That first email needs to be a soft sell, right? Like a soft CTR, kind of like, hey, do you want to discuss more? Um, I know there's a route repeat uh, framework. I, I'm, so there's an art and a science, right? And yeah. I've pause there. I know I've been talking a lot, but see if you're saying. No, it's fine. I, I think what you're saying there is, is that we try so hard to go for too much all at once. And I think we're all guilty of things like images in our signatures. No need for those. They just get caught in spam filters. There's things like links, especially calendar links. I can't tell you how many emails I've been sent. Yes, please. I see all these great questions coming in. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I want you guys to ask the questions. We'll leave time at the end. But I see these emails that come in and they'll be like, we can schedule a call and they'll hyperlink their calendar link to schedule a call. And then when I look at their signature, it also has schedule a call and it's hyperlinked to that same link. You're sending the same link twice in an email. Go back, look at your templates and make sure that you're not doing this because those links are just added chances for your email to end up in somebody's junk or spam folder, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, I think that's the thing I know with some of these tools like they will actually have email addresses that will allow them to like start because the other thing that it kind of gets to, and I've seen this with my own emails when I'm doing cold outreach, so I'm not doing it. I do the best job being a business owner. Um, but if it lands, if you're using Gmail, right, Google Workspace, and it goes to like the promotions tab, no one's going to ever see that email, right? So I think a, a big piece of it is just like getting there. And then you know, where I have a problem with I, not just really HubSpot, but, uh, you know, personalize this idea of personalization, right? Like personalization, personalization, and personalization came to mean like a, 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 a email token that's your first name or personalization might be, hey, I saw your post on or your comment on whatever. I think what people miss there is just like the relevancy aspect. Um, and again, I think there was a post by my guy Abhishek today. Um, and he was just talking about like, he doesn't really believe in personalization. And I, I would agree, like there's this idea of relevancy and being very relevant to that list. And so obviously there's work there. I think what we want to do is from a technical standpoint at the organizational level, get your house in order, right? And then from a data, a process and an operations perspective, make it so your SDRs, BDRs, uh, and then sometimes marketing folks are spending their time on figuring out how to address relevancy, right? How to kind of address the art of it and giving them the playbooks, giving them the methodology, giving them the coaching they need so they have every opportunity to win. Uh, I'm a huge NFL guy. The best teams do the small shit really well, right? Like they don't get, you know, offsides calls. They don't get holding penalties. They just, because that margin, right? And I think that's what we're seeing in the whole market 
the margin of error for success and failure is really, really small. And and I'd love to hear other people's opinions on this, but it's like, if I get 10 emails in the inbox and I, you know, get two ops out of that, as opposed to if I get a hundred in the inbox and I get 20 ops out of that, you tell me, right? And like, I think that's just where we're, look, I didn't want to focus on this necessarily at my organization, but it's where I've started spending more time just because it is such an issue. And I don't feel like I can be successful for my clients. Yeah. If somebody's like, Hey, I just want you to send email from a marketing standpoint, I'm not going to do it either. Right. Like I'm not going to send a marketing email to 20,000 people. It's not what I'm going to do. They don't know who I am. That's just not, that's not good for business. Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree. You know, any, any, anybody that's batching and blasting anything at this point should probably at least look at minimizing the amount of outbound emails you have and the target lists that you're working with. That's a great first step all on its own is to reevaluate your target list and ensure that you're validating the email addresses that are out there. That's for sure. Uh, We've got a great question here, but I want to talk about these questions that you think everyone should start asking. Uh, Diana, I want to answer you directly. No, I did not say no hyperlinks in the body of your first email. What I said was, if you have a hyperlink in there that says, schedule a call with me here, look at your signature. Does it have the same link in it automatically? That's something you can remove and it will increase the deliverability because you're not doubling up on that link. You had some questions that you said people should start asking before they click send. Break these questions down and then let's get to some questions from the uh, from the audience. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing is just, do I have permission to email this contact? And again, I I look at this from a HubSpot partner perspective, right? Um, Manage like 15 accounts. Technically, these email service providers, it's almost, there's a lot of pressure on them, I think. And there's also like this cold war between Gmail and Outlook. Um, And after Apple 14.5, things just got a lot worse from an email perspective. So if you're sending emails through HubSpot, be it the sequencer or just like a marketing email, you've got to have permission to email the contact. If the answer is no, I do not recommend to any of my clients to send cold outbound through HubSpot. Can you do it? Sure, you can do it. Will you eventually bite you in the rear end? Most likely. Um, And so at that point, you start looking again, strategically across the organization. How can we give our sales team and sometimes marketing team the best, um, how can we give them the best foundation to get through and get our messages across to our prospects. Yeah. Um, once you start evaluating solutions, right? I'm going to say smartly to AI, cause that's the one that most people recommend to me. But again, there's mail shakers, lemless. I don't, I'm not, I'm a pretty agnostic here. I don't want to pick sides. No, that's when you start looking, are you using subdomains? Are you validating your emails? Are you warming your inboxes? And usually when you align with one of those solutions, it's going to be part of it, right? But again, I do think leadership should be kind of taking that on and then just, you know, helping and coaching more on the messaging and the art of it, right? Yeah. If you're a marketing team and I've got, let's say I've got, we're targeting 5,000 accounts, right? We know we're going out um, with an outbound motion and we know it's going to be cold. Well, one thing that we do on my end when we are kind of running campaigns is we take those lists. Um, and sometimes we actually have the contact data. If we have that contact data, we'll ingest that into a tool like Verisium. Or if you just have the account list, you can ingest that into LinkedIn advertising. And then we start sat- we basically start saturating. So as you're going with whatever the touches are, you're going email, navigator, you don't know, calls, they're starting to see brand top level um, advertising that kind of 
is reinforcing your message, right? So I'm all about frequency and touch points. When I think about like how sales and marketing can work together, what we're trying to do is, hey, hopefully in a perfect world, if you're reaching out to James or Jen and they're a you know, decision maker or somewhere they fall on that, that line, they're starting to see some advertising and that's how it works together, right? And that's how I think like, and then you start sharing information like, hey, this is what we're hearing on the sales calls. Oh, let's start ingesting some of this into our marketing messaging. Um, it's honestly, it's free research. And like the way things are set up today, if you're using HubSpot's conversational intelligence, if you're, I use Fireflies, we all use this different stuff. It's very easy to start automating um, some of what you're hearing in those calls and getting that back to marketing, right? So we understand like, hey, like this is what our, our prospects aren't saying, like it's, it's the cost. They're saying that it's like, you know, how much time it saves, right? And I still think there's a, a big mismatch there. Um, and then again, this is really, I think, on marketing. So again, sales led, they're doing the work, the research, all that stuff. We're talking more about a marketing led GTM or inbound. It's like, what are we doing? Like, and I say we, because I, I do lean more on the marketing side, just to get that opt in list as big as possible, right? So that's like micro events. I mean, I saw a lot of this at, at um, inbound, just people doing smaller events with a you know a group of like decision makers who are your dream customers, so to speak. And then how are you, you know, newsletters, uh, LinkedIn outreach, just different ways to build that list organically because we're getting to a point where privacy trumps all and things are going to get more constricted. Yeah, the opt-in list has always been a big play. I think opt-in lists aren't focused on enough. Let me ask this question to the folks in the audience. Be honest. This is anonymous. No one's throwing any stones at you. And we can go ahead and talk about this from Ibad's perspective. Ibad has a question. How many emails are appropriate to send in a day, in a week, et cetera? What's your volume for best practice in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I think they say 25 to 30 emails to start. And then there's like a there's a, probably a time delay before that, but it starts, I want to say like around 25 to 50 emails, no more than that. Now, yeah. 25 to 35. Yeah. I might be misquoting that, but it's, it's, it's not a lot to start to warm. Sure. It looks like, uh, most people early, early results here. It looks like, uh, most people are sending anywhere from 10 to 50, which I think makes me comfortable. Right. Uh, but for those folks that are in the hundred to 200 range, if you do nothing else coming away from this, go look at that list that you're sending to and make sure that it is at the very least accurate. Um, and you might even consider verifying some of those email addresses. Uh, all right, let's talk about how people can connect with you to learn more. I know you've got a wealth of knowledge. Uh, so where would they go? Yeah, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn pretty much all the time, um, Pasha Irshad. And then I also have my website, shapeandscale.co, but really I'm super active on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also active in a lot of different <laughs> groups and communities. So, um, you know, if y'all have questions, like feel free to reach out. I'm busy, but I'm always, always, always like, again, I, I never had a mentor, not say that I would be a mentor on this call, but I think when I came up, it was 2008, 2009, we didn't have community, right? So somebody has questions or just like, Hey, am I doing this right? If I'm not the right person, maybe I can point you in the right way, or I can definitely point you to resources that will get you there. Well, thanks so much for coming in and sharing your wisdom with us today. We've got a couple more questions here, so look out for me. I might reach back out and respond to some of your questions myself, uh, along with Pasha here. Go connect with him. This is a resource for you. He's definitely an approachable human being that will talk to you. So ask your questions to him. He'll be able to help you out. 
Connect with us on social. Sellbetter.xyz is the new website. Follow me personally at Say What Sales. You will all get a survey after this show. Let us know how we did, what you want to see more of. This is how we create content that's relevant to you, our audience. Once again, if you have questions about sponsoring the Sell Better Daily Sales Show, please reach out to me. I'd love to have that conversation. And we will see you guys tomorrow with another stellar guest to help you sell better. Go get them, everybody. Thanks again, pal. Thank you.